We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Monday edition Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Farm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio for Neil today. Ole Miss basketball falling 72-59 to the South Carolina Gamecocks on Saturday. The uh, Rebels fall 6-8 and eight in the SEC. It's a bad side of the bubble, but beyond that, they're not playing good basketball. They're not playing winning basketball. They're not playing basketball that could uh, propel them to postseason play. So, that happened at the Pavilion on Saturday afternoon. Ole Miss baseball, two out of three against High Point over the weekend, somehow losing a game to the Panthers, who were really bad at baseball on Friday, seven to three, and then run ruling High Point on Saturday and Sunday, a 25 2 game on Sunday that ended up uh, the most runs since 2019, the most walks in program history, and all kind of stuff like that. So, anyway, rebelgrove.com for that and more today. The Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford, but more importantly, all Blue Sky locations around Mississippi. That includes their new superstore in the Macomb area. Got Sweet Daddies at a lot of locations up and down I-55 throughout North Mississippi as well. A lot of options there for you for your convenience store and gas purchasing needs with the Blue Sky and Oxford Exxon. Again, to the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that is hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be a truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means. When you make the call, 662-257-1900, guests will join on the Campbell Clinic hotline this week. Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street. From the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care. Everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. 
Sammy made me laugh with everything going on, asking for a uh, a Grow Bowl roster for uh, for April. I did see, I I heard they are potentially or at least discussing the idea of moving to like a some sort of like skills competition or something along those lines and getting out of the actual uh, game. Maybe we finally got to the point where we go, hey, just because you've always done something, we're not going to continue and we're actually going to make a little change or a difference here at some point. Maybe maybe we're there now. I mean, I think Lane's on record as he thinks the spring games are ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, um, one of the questions I always wanted to ask him, I didn't know we were going to start spring football, but one of the questions I, I, I've always wanted to ask him is, I'll probably ask him this time, is if you could just do whatever the hell you wanted to do, and there kind of are no rules now, so maybe this is the time, would you go to an NFL-style minicamp format where it's mostly mental? Where you don't run the risk of getting anybody hurt, and would never be more relevant than right now with all the portal and the new guys and everything. By yeah. far, more pragmatic. One hundred percent. Because the whole okay, this is your opportunity to develop the roster. Not really. Not no, not really. And you practice all summer anyway. So I mean, it's not like it's not like okay. Back in the old days, you had fifteen days, and everybody left for the whole summer, and they came back and. All right, let's build on what we did in the night's no, it's over. Those days are done. I mean, I don't know why you would risk, other than because everyone does it and ESPN wants something and SEC Network wants something to put on their screens in April. I don't know why you would risk, hey, let's divide up into the red versus the white or the red versus the blue or the purple versus the gold and let's bang heads for 60 minutes and run the risk of losing two guys to injury today. Why not just... Play a flag football game. And you can still put it on the screens. All ESPN cares about is you finding something to put there in front of them. Okay. Two hours. They'll do it. Yeah. We, need, we need two hours of programming. Okay. Have have a tug of war. Have a relay race. Field day. Ole Miss football edition. I mean, what would you have to lose? Especially now. I mean, no matter what you do, you're either going to go to the, the, the playoffs and it's a, it's a success, or you're not and it's a failure. And yeah, I'm sure the old man screaming at the clouds would say, if you'd had a real spring, you'd have, nah, I mean, that's not it. I don't know. It might, it might be worth asking. He might, he might actually give a pretty interesting answer on that. Cause I don't, I don't think he hides his overall disdain for the idea of a spring game. I think he's made that quite clear. I would watch the hell out of a field day with football team, sack races. Egg toss, as they said. I mean, whatever. Let's make a mockery of it if we're just going to mess around with it anyway. you got to show something. Well, and the people who would say they're not taking it seriously enough. Well, no. I mean, I've been to their fall camps or preseason camps the last few years. They're pretty damned intense. <clears throat> I mean, they're they're ready to play. He, he knows the importance of being in shape with the offense that they run. And frankly, you've got all these new people you need to install. You need to show you're better off doing that when there's no risk of injury. I mean, I guess somebody could pull a hamstring running around, and but you're not. The odds of you suffering a compound fracture or something in a, in a mini camp are pretty small. Oh, and my volume is actually low for once? Wow, I had me turned way down because usually I'm like blaring people out. I can turn it up. It's easily fixable. Um... Yeah, no, we're just talking about it because they were potentially changing the way it does it because we've talked for years about how it's dumb. So if there's a chance that that's the situation, that's kind of interesting, at least whatever merit. 
Last thing on that, and I will go away. Will he actually do it, or is the old one out anyway? What's your what's your what's your guess? Oh, I don't. I don't mean we're just talking about Lane. I don't. I don't think Lane's intimidated. I don't think Lane's intimidated by the way things have always been. I don't. That that doesn't seem to be a, a blind spot for him. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, why not? I mean, you call it pro sports. You call it pro mindset. NFL model. All those things. Well, the NFL does not have spring training. The NFL doesn't. The the Bengals don't have the black and orange game. No, but they play other teams in training camp. They do. They do. They have expanded rosters, and you only play your starters very minimal amounts. But, yeah, they have pra- the practices that are meaningful for them are when the Steelers or the Lions come to camp to practice against you. And Lane has talked about that, that that doesn't happen because they worry about school boards too much and fans can't handle it. Yeah. It's been an honest assessment. So, NFL fans don't freak out. If you're a Packers fan, you don't freak out when the Packers lose to the Saints in mid-August. You know, when your quarterback played two series and you I don't I don't know how fans would handle that, honestly, if Ole Miss played Iowa in a preseason game that was, you know, the starters played a quarter, and then the backups played. Maybe the roster's already been deep enough to do that. I don't know. But where the second half was just dudes who probably aren't gonna play. Mm-hmm. And you lose the game. 27 to 20 I, I don't it's such an emotional sport maybe they would look maybe, maybe maybe at this point people are more conditioned they'd be like oh okay well you know we've got a few things done or whatever I don't know yeah I told you before we started the show that uh, I will I will give Ole Miss basketball this the got us to at least February 26th it's more than in the past few seasons but Saturday looked like uh the beginning of the end, if not the middle of the end, or wherever you want to talk about the uh, the end beginning there for this team. And we can talk metrics, we can talk record. I'm not going to stay on this a terribly long time anyway, but it, it, it's what you said in the pre-show of it's what they look like. It's how they're playing. You know, we've mentioned for a couple weeks now that that for, for almost full halves, they have not played well. They have not played with a lot of energy. They haven't moved their feet. They look like they're in quicksand at times and all these different things. Um... I guess I'll ask it this way is, you know, a lot more basketball than I do. Why? Why such a sea change for a team that just sort of in some ways came out of nowhere and in some ways did it and now has infected them for frankly three weeks to the point that they are a completely different team than they were a month ago. Yeah. They've lost five of six could have easily lost six of six. Um, I don't know. There's a lot there. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a talent ceiling that they've hit. I thought, in the post game, there was a couple of interesting things. Lamont Paris, the South Carolina coach, was they'd lost two in a row, blown out at Auburn, uh, heartbreaking loss at home to LSU where they blew a double digit lead. Um, you know, he was talking about confidence and he said, kind of admitted that their confidence had been shaken a little bit, that the LSU loss for him was one that he struggled to kind of get over it. And so I think it was John Sokoloff, maybe, or. David Eckert, somebody, I was going to ask it, but I didn't get my voice in quick enough, about, ask Chris Beard about his team's confidence level. And his answer I thought was interesting. It was, that's a player, that's really a question for the players. <laughs> Excuse me, I've got a cough. Um, and I, I don't think they're a very confident team right now. And I get it, you know. Um, 
offensively, they're 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 not making shots at a real high level. They're not moving the ball. Their shot selection's really bad. Frankly, they take a lot of long twos. I need to go do a deep dive into Ken Palm or something. I just haven't done it this week and haven't really didn't have the time, number one, and didn't really have the interest, number two, if I'm being totally honest. But they take a lot of long twos. That's not how you win in basketball. They take some shots. 259 nationally in two-point shots. Yeah, and then I'd love to, and I don't know where you'd even find this, like the breakdown of, here's what I would love if I were just, if I could nerd out and find it. And it probably would require me watching a ton of game film and digging it out. How many long twos have they taken in the first 20 seconds of a possession? Oh. <clears throat> where it's not a long two at the end of a shot clock where, well, someone's got to throw the damn ball at the rim. Yeah. But uh, no, this, no, this is the shot we want. Um, I would guess it's an inordinately high number. Um, And then defensively, they just don't. They're just not playing very smart right now. Morell got foul trouble, and one of the fouls was kind of BS, and the other foul was sort of stupid. And then the the third foul that he got was a frustration foul, and then you know he committed the fourth. He had to be careful. Allen Flanagan gets ejected from the game for just an absolute bonehead of a play. You can't do that. You can't go throw an elbow at a guy's head. It's gonna. There's cameras everywhere. It's gonna get caught, even if the official doesn't see it live. It's going to get called. And the official did see it live, and they went and reviewed it, and it was the right call. It, 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 there's a lot there. They're they're not. They don't look like a tournament team. They don't play like a tournament team, and I don't really think they hold themselves like a tournament team. And maybe the whole tournament. It wasn't like the season was tournament or bust. But you and I talked about this in the pre-show a little bit, so I'll be fully transparent. There's this talk about the NIT. They got to do some more winning to get to the NIT. I mean, they they're not a lock for the NIT right now. They they play a very good Alabama team that just got smoked by Kentucky. So Alabama's going to come in focused. They've got to go to Missouri, who's still searching for a win, and Missouri, to its credit, continues to play hard. So you're going to have to go to Columbia and play. You go to Georgia to play a team that. Is trying to find a way out of that Wednesday night at the tournament. And then you finish at home against the Texas A&M team that might be desperate for a win by then. There's, there's no, there's no gimme W left on the schedule and then Nashville. So I, I don't, I don't know that. I think there's this assumption that they get, they, they, they become an NIT team. And I think to get to be an NIT team, they probably have to win another three games, three of their next five, probably. So, and guys, is up is volume better now? Turn me all the way up. My mic is working better today. Let me know. I can adjust it. It'll be fine in the podcast version because I figured out how to fix it there. It's only a stream issue. Um, you can pick another team here if you want, Neil. And I know it's not fitting exactly what you're talking about, but I still find this interesting. So, Ole Miss, this is using the uh, the Bart Torvik thing that we looked at last week uh, for the projections. He breaks down pretty good on some far too. Uh, close to stuff and I, I just pulled out South Carolina for no real reason but that's the team I picked and I think this does tell a story of what you're talking about even though it's not exactly what you meant Ole Miss this season they're 38% from far two meaning they shoot jump shots extended we talked about it with Jeffrey on Thursday 
Ole Miss has taken 520 of those shots this season, okay? Um, they've taken 520. Alan Flanagan has taken 165 of those by himself and shot 37% from 4-2. South Carolina, who is a team that has kind of on the come up and they are definitely a uh, an NCAA tournament team, they have taken only 332 4-2s this season. So Ole Miss, and I'm assuming similar numbers of games, has taken almost 200 more 4-2s than South Carolina. No matter what the situation is, that is a horrid stat for the Rebels. Absolutely. And it's one that if you watch them every game, and I do, you, you pretty much do also. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. You you just continue to see it. It pops out on the screen. I sit next to David Eckert on press row, and I don't think David would mind me sharing this, that he and I comment to one another repeatedly to the point where I think David puts headphones on so we can stop talking. Um about shot selection. It's just horrific sometimes. 15, 16 seconds left on the shot clock and they're taking a, a, a long two from just inside the three. And a couple of them fell. And I, I made the comment when they did us, it's still a bad shot. The fact that it falls doesn't mean it's a good shot. It's, pro- yeah. it's process versus results. And if your process is flawed, ultimately the results, sometimes they'll work in your favor, but typically they won't. And that's that's been the case for them. They... They take a lot of bad shots early in the shot clock. And I don't, that's not Chris Beard. It's just, man, you just can't get a team that hasn't won to suddenly just start winning. And yeah, they they won a lot of games early and they had some confidence. But now the L's are coming and it's so hard to get your confidence back to Lamont Paris's uh, point. And in sports, when you don't have confidence, it shows. It it shows. I mean, you can see it. You can see it on any level. I can go out to a club soccer tournament, and I can tell a team that's struggling, that they're not getting wins, they don't think they're going to win, and as soon as a couple things go wrong, they their body language changes, their effort sort of changes. Wednesday is going to be a really difficult assignment because they're going to have to play significantly better basketball to have a chance against Bama. Yeah, look, Doors Wright's correct. A lot of this stems from no inside presence. They don't they do not have an inside player who is a good offensive player that can go create and take the ball on the block and go put the ball in the basket. They, they that, that doesn't exist and you need that to win basketball games consistently. There's no doubt about that. So Jay, and Jamin's hurt. That's not yeah. an excuse. He's hurt. He's got a he's got a bum wrist. Uh he's he's limited. So he's very limited offensively and it shows. Um you know, the other night when Morrell got foul trouble, they were in trouble. And I thought Chris did the right thing. He tried to keep him out and protect him. And for a little while, it looked like they were going to get into the half just down six, which was okay. Be great shape. But then Carolina kind of went on a run. I thought Carolina's shot selection was good. Their ball movement was good. They made the extra pass, which very frequently ended up in an open three, and they knocked him down. And as the shots fall, you get more confident that more shots will fall. And they were very, I thought they were very efficient uh, offensively, but then I thought their effort on defense was, was very, very dialed in. God, I'm going to give you one more and then I'm, 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 I'm done with this stat, but Alabama, who they play Wednesday, Alabama's winning the SEC or at least in a tie with Tennessee. Now, even though Kentucky did throttle them with some offense on, uh, on Saturday, uh, 
Alabama has only taken 179 far twos this season. 179 compared to 520 for Ole Miss. That's amazing. His his off his being Oates, their offense is very three point and at the rim oriented. By God, those are the looks you get. I mean, I would I would guess from that you just said that of their one seventy nine four twos, I bet the overwhelming majority of those are in the last three seconds of the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just heave it up. I mean, that happens, right? You have a defensive possession where the defense just beats you. They kind of know what's coming, and they they. You don't get paint touches, and the ball sticks a little bit. That's the other thing that Ole Miss does that they didn't do early in the year. The ball is sticking right now. And for people that don't watch basketball, remember Carmelo Anthony in the NBA? The ball stuck. Now, the difference was Carmelo could score against anybody. I mean, he's elite, and so you, you, you could let the ball stick, and it'd all work out most of the time. Um especially with Flanagan right now, the ball is really sticking. Six, seven seconds. Dribble, 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 stick, stick, stick. And, and man, that gives the defense a chance to set, gives the de- defense a chance to, to breathe. It shortens the possession. You want to make a defense work. You want to make passes. You want to make the extra pass. You want to make defenses go through their rotations. If you do it long enough, someone's going to miss an assignment. Someone's going to be late on a rotation, late on a closeout. You get an open look. Ole Miss isn't getting those right now. Carolina did, though. They Lamont was critical of his offense for the most part. He said he basically thought it was sort of pedestrian. I actually thought it was better than that. I thought they they moved the ball, especially in, in spurts at least. They moved the ball particularly well and and got open looks. And Some of Ole Miss's closeouts were lacking. Um, had to be probably pretty frustrating to watch from the Ole Miss bench, I'm, I'm guessing, but you know, Chris said all the right things because now's not the time to just start throwing stuff against the wall. Now's now's the time to just try to get your guys to play harder, play better, and maybe you can pull one off. Because on the flip side, and this is I, this is as far as I will go with this part of the conversation, if you could somehow win the game Wednesday, it does breathe some life into you where you have a path again. Probably got to win out though, Neil. Yeah, I do. I think so. I mean, I saw somebody, I won't name names. We're moving the goalpost all of a sudden. It's like, well, you know, if they go nine and nine and then win one and that, no. You're not going to have the metrics at nine and nine. You don't have enough quality wins. No, and honestly, it, if, you, if, you, if you put the over-under right now in front of me at eight and a half, I'd go under. Yeah, because they're, what, six and eight today? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably fair. So, anyway, move on in a second. First, uh, Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. They have seven different flavors, actually eight now. They got the uh, soy ginger, their new one. It's great with hibachi-style dishes. Throw it with uh, some other proteins, rice, veggies. Makes a, uh, a great addition to their lineup that features the uh, New Orleans-style shrimp. It is the, uh, the best-seller one you should take advantage of, as well as the signature, one of my favorites, garlic-style there with that. A great all-purpose option, and then delivered straight to your door. And then fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate with Prom Shrimp. Use the code RG, buy five pouches or more, 25% off. That's 25% off, five pouches or more with code RG at promshrimp.com. We are also brought to you by uh, Andrew Sego, Sego Wealth Management. Uh, sponsors my 10 Weekend Thoughts, which were published on um, yesterday afternoon. 
you're retiring soon, how long should you uh, wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider uh, Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. As I mentioned, Andrew Sego specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plans, whether you meet at his office in Collierville or um, you uh, prefer Zoom from anywhere. You can schedule a free discovery meeting and uh, see what he can do for you. The website is rebelsretire.com. High today of 75. In other words, the warm weather is right around the corner. Probably have another cold spurt in front of us, but then the warm weather's here. And when it gets here, you're going to want to run that air conditioner. You want to make sure it's in tip-top shape. So get in touch with the people at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, or the surrounding area, get in touch with Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. So shop now at astock.bid. Or download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. Coming up uh, this week, Ole Miss has baseball games Tuesday, Wednesday, all weekend against Iowa. There's a basketball game Wednesday night against Alabama. So if you need to load up on your Rebel gear, stop at the College Corner. It's in Oxford Commons, just off of Sisk Avenue, more than 4,000 square feet of uh, the best Rebel gear available. Plenty of parking available. Their staff's going to have you in and out. And uh, ready for Swayze and the Pavilion in no time. You can also check them out two locations in the Jackson area and uh, also online at collegecornerstore.com. Uh, Martin Palomo and I taped a Mind on My Money on uh, Friday that's presented by Argent Wealth. Argent Wealth, based in Ridgeland, Mississippi, they, prov- they represent clients in more than 20 states. They uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses and much, much more. To learn more about Argent Wealth, go to myargentwealth.com. Yeah, I uh, I cracked up pretty good. Nate Oates had the uh, the quote of the weekend after Kentucky put up 117 on them on Saturday. He said, uh, we've had question marks about our defense all year. Those question marks are completely erased. Everybody knows we don't really guard at this point. Our efforts stalk. Nate Oates there as uh, Kentucky scored one over one and a half points per possession Saturday against Alabama at Rupp Arena. Good God. Yeah, I didn't see it because obviously I was covering the Ole Miss game and then doing post game, but I looked at the box. That was that was that was something. One seventeen <laughs> in a college game. Whew. Did, Won't be a fun practice in Tuscaloosa today. Nope. I mean, it's said in the stream. Are we selling Alabama because they don't play the tournament in Coleman? Away from home, they they kind of suck. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to sell them completely because they can score too. I mean, they they did put up ninety five. They, they can, did. They can score, but no, they 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 don't defend particularly well away from home. Over the course of uh, Saturday, I'll run through this really really quickly, guys. I get it. Uh, Tennessee eighty six fifty one. The Vols over A and M on Saturday. They're now tied for the lead in the SEC. Tennessee's eleven and three. A and M in that uh, mix with Ole Miss at six and eight. We mentioned it, Kentucky now 9-5. They go over Alabama 117-95. Auburn romps uh, Georgia in Athens. Georgia 5-9. Auburn 10-4, 97-76 there for Auburn. 
Florida 77-64. They're 9-5 in the SEC after the win over Vanderbilt, who is 2-12. Arkansas 88-73 and playing with some energy. The, the Hogs got it back to 5-9. and nine. They actually could get off that first night and, and be a little bit of a difficult out there in Nashville. And then Mississippi State um, trounced LSU 87-67 in Baton Rouge on Saturday evening. I get, I watched a good bit of the second half of that game as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you said it for a second there. The standings have a um, have a clear kind of line in the middle. The top seven teams are all two, at least two games ahead of the bottom seven. And look, Ole Miss still has very winnable games here if they play well, but they haven't played well enough to win all of them. It's, they're, they're not completely clear of that Wednesday just yet. It's, it's, it's there. Yeah, no, they... We were just looking at the schedule. I mean, LSU's schedule finishes fairly favorable. Um, Georgia's right there. Georgia still gets Ole Miss at home. Um, you mentioned Arkansas playing better. Now they still have to go to Kentucky. They still have Alabama on their schedule. So they're, 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 their road is tough, but they do get LSU at home. So they could, and they get Vanderbilt at home. So they're going to get another win or two at least. So yeah, if you're Ole Miss, I mean, you, 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 you don't want to risk going six and ten. Six and ten might, because of tiebreakers and stuff, gets you stuck in in a Wednesday game. You don't want that. I guess at that point it really wouldn't matter. Four games in four days, five games in five days. I mean, whatever it does. But I think for the program, it would be progress to not play on Wednesday night after playing on Wednesday night the last few years. It would. You start thirteen and zero. You even get two games above five hundred in the SEC at one point. You don't play on Wednesday. You you got to hold it together enough to yeah. play on Wednesday. Agreed. And they if they win one more, I don't think they'll play on Wednesday. But if they don't win another one, and I'm not predicting that, but if they don't win another one, it's it's going to be a close call. Alabama, Missouri, Georgia, A and M, middle two on the road. Yeah, if you don't win one of those. If you go six and ten, there's a there's a decent shot you don't that you have to play on Wednesday. I mean LSU's going to win another game or two. Uh, Arkansas is going to beat Vandy. If Arkansas beat LSU, that would get them over you. You own the tiebreaker over Arkansas. So you, if they both finish six and ten, they'd go Wednesday night. You wouldn't. Uh, who's the other one? Georgia. You got to go to Georgia. You know. I mean. You, you, you lose to Georgia, and all of a sudden, they catch you, and then they would own the tiebreaker. So, I don't know. And yes, it is a college basketball thing. I get the road home splits are weird for everybody. Um, mentioned the stream Houston might be the best at kind of having more even splits in both places. I, I mean, it's what might make the tournament interesting, but for the most part, just give me the three or four best teams, and I'll let you have the rest, and we'll see where it goes. But nonetheless, still... Hanging in, Jerry Palm had Ole Miss right on the cusp, but I just they, they they've got to play better. It's about play, not about metrics right now. And it's we, if you're watching Ole Miss play, you see where things are trending just from a efficiency standpoint on the court, if nothing else. So yeah, I'll okay. change my tone. I'll change my tone if they beat Alabama. Um, it, obviously that would be a monumental win. It would totally change the season. It would be the easiest column in the history of columns to write. But if they don't beat Alabama, there's there's no metric. There's no path there other than going wild a lot of noise in nashville a lot of noise and frankly probably all the noise mm-hmm. not a stupid uh, thing this team's not deep enough to go win four games in four days 
Whoever asked it, yeah, I did see the picture of the uh, the finish line from the NASCAR event in Atlanta on Sunday. You see that? Three of them separated by like two one-hundredths of a second. Oh, wow. Like Mighty. a true photo finish with three cars. They were all just like right there at the end. I don't think Kyle Busch was involved, maybe. I don't know. I saw it, but I don't watch NASCAR. So, anyway. Uh, you guys are asking. Let's talk about baseball for a second. We'll move on. Um, I, They're two weeks in. Give it time. I think Neil wrote that in 10 Thoughts, and it's it's completely accurate. I mean, I've watched, obviously, as many games as I've been able to watch. They played horrible on Friday. They lose 7-3 to three to high point. Um, they look tight. Uh, one of the players after the game mentioned anxious as far as kind of how they felt even being back at home. I mean, they were they were a head case. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely frank with you. They were, they were a complete head case as a team on Friday night. And then they come out on Saturday, get a little early momentum. They win 12-2. Um, and then yesterday, High Point was out of pitching. Ole Miss was locked in. And that recipe together made for a 25-2 uh, game where Ole Miss scored 11 runs in the first inning. They hit three home runs in the first inning. Ethan Groff led off the game with one. They had Will Furness hit Grand Slam. Jackson Ross hit four home runs on the weekend, including one in every game. And I'll, I'll give him credit real quick. This is worth mentioning. For a transfer who just came into the program, Jackson Ross has kind of taken over as a captain and a leader on this team, and that's hard to do in a short amount of time. They respect him. They look to him. So it's not a shot at Reagan Burford or anybody else. But, you know, a lot of times human nature prevails sort of, and no matter what, where the C is on a jersey, they look to somebody. And right now that looks like Jackson Ross for this team through uh, through two weeks. So I think that is, uh, that is relevant. The pitching was – Better outside of Quinn on Friday or the weekend. Dennis and Sonia both threw strikes. Um, Mike mentioned yesterday they had to basically go against the book and have Sonia start off some guys with breaking balls and create a simulated game because otherwise it was going to be a wasted effort for him on a Sunday where he's up 11-0 there in the second inning. But look, they, they needed some good news. They needed to play well. They needed to get loose, and they were able to do that going into a big week. And a week where maybe Iowa's not giving you the metric help that you thought. They go 0-3 over the weekend in Jacksonville. They give up 31 total runs for a pitching staff. It's supposed to be really good. Um, the Brett kid did the same thing. Strike, struck out a bunch, walked a bunch, gave up runs there. Um, so, you know, look, Iowa's a series they need to win. Um, you don't need to just fall off the table from a metrics. But the SEC season's going to decide this thing. And I don't, I don't have any hot takes. I thought that Sunday was just really good for them mentally to move into the week, to calm down, and and to kind of get out of this early situation that they were in. I Look, high, again, high points bad. They want 19 Rebels on Sunday. That is a program record. But at the same time, you did have to participate in the at-bats and swing at good pitches and do all that kind of stuff. And I thought they did that because sometimes you just start swinging at crap because nothing gets close to the strike zone. And they stayed pretty disciplined on uh, on Saturday, so... Make of it what you will, but that that's kind of my take on the weekend for the Rebels and the Panthers. How long did the Sunday game take? <laughs> well, it only went seven innings, so there was that at least. Hell, that's a lot of walk. <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss had thirty-five base run, thirty-six base runners on uh, thirty. Yeah, thirty-six base runners on on uh, Sunday. They had sixteen hits, nineteen walks, and a hit by pitch. Bet you weren't bitching about a pitch clock yesterday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was I was wanting a travel curfew. Is in about the fourth inning, I I, I started sending texts going, "Hey, they got to get on a plane, right? Like something's going on." And apparently, High Point's already on uh already on spring break, so there was no curfew from from that from That's from that angle. We know. We got bailed out because sometimes the teams don't agree on the early on go in about a run rule because they want to make sure they get all the innings and the at bats. And even on Saturday, you're going, "Hey, like they agreed to that, right? We're, we we cool here." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we did, we we did the run rule thing." So, um, you need a and I'm being serious here. You need a 15 after five run rule too. We've got 10 after seven, but we need a 15 after five. Yeah, you got a 12 after five. Because I think Ole Miss scored 11, 4, and 5 the first three innings. I think it was 20 to nothing or 21 to nothing in the third. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to your point, and I wrote this, so we won't belabor. I mean, it's still February. Any hot take runs the risk of being incredibly stupid later. There's a chance that they figured some things out also a chance that they just played a really bad team. I don't know. Well, here's the deal. They're going to play a conference schedule. And if you look around the league, I pulled it up just a minute ago because I was curious. I've not watched any college baseball yet, but I don't know what you can read into anything. I mean, uh, Florida beat up on Columbia. Um, Kentucky beat Kansas. I like the Razorbacks. That is my one take. They played really well in Texas. Tennessee beat up on Albany. Um, Georgia beat Northern Kentucky. South Carolina played Belmont. Uh, Vanderbilt lost to Gonzaga. Uh, LSU beat up on Stony Brook. Apparently, Stony Brook did something that pissed LSU off, and they were super. Stony Brook won the game on Friday. Okay, there you go. A&M beat up on Wagner. Mississippi State is now 4-4. and They beat Georgia Southern yesterday. Tenton Mm -hmm. Uh, Alabama beat, I guess, Balpo. That's who that is, 11-1. Alabama's 8-0, but I'm not sure Alabama's played anybody. The 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 interesting team, if you want to try to – and again, it's just, it's just February, but apparently Arkansas, Oregon State, um, Oklahoma State played some really good baseball games against one another. They did. You know, they all played Michigan. Michigan went 0-3. Uh, the other three teams went 2-1. Um, I I looked at 
getting ready for this morning. I looked at the just who they played. Arkansas won a dramatic game over Oregon State, lost a 14-inning game to Oklahoma State, and then um, held off held off Michigan rally in, in the ninth to beat them four to three, I think it was. So, you know, I mean, you, you, if, if you're looking for a team that you want to say, Hey, well, they've been tested a little bit. That would probably be Arkansas after the weekend. Um, I did see where Hagan Smith was yeah. remarkably good on Friday after being, and, and this is the point. It's not to get into a discussion of Arkansas baseball. It's, this is the point though. He was, quote, bad, end quote, in their first game. Turns out that it's hard to pitch, or it's harder to pitch in 30-something degree weather with swirling winds and you can't feel your hands. He was better inside a professional setting with the the roof on where he was able to work up a sweat and he could feel his hands. So, but again, it's February. You, You just, nobody wins, nobody's winning a championship in February and frankly, nobody's really losing one either. Yeah, Hagen Smith struck out 15 through five innings, so do the math. He had struck out every out recorded through five, and then he uh, struck out 17 through six. So in his six innings, one out was recorded that was not him striking out the hitter. So he was pretty good. Um, yeah, and they took, him, they took him out with like 76 pitches or something like that. That's, um, that's cool. Hey, that's, that's cool. That's Mark. Give credit where credit's due. It also shows he was madly efficient in the zone. You strike out that many guys, that's – do the math. That's three pitches each, at least. He was really efficient. Did any crowd leave toward the end of the basketball game for baseball, or could you not tell because the game had kind of gotten away at basketball? I couldn't tell where they were leaving, but they were leaving. Okay. With like 10 to go, 9 to go? I don't know whether they were leaving to go to baseball or just get to their cars or go to a bar or jump off the top of the structure i don't know they were yeah. they were definitely leaving there was they were uh it was a quiet quiet exit yeah the energy has been much less over the last couple of weeks i mean it just has yeah um, i mean it uh ethan lejay is probably okay mike said yesterday that it was an ankle but he hated to get ahead of himself but it did not seem to be anything major at all he uh he made a football joke and said he's a game-time decision for Tuesday against uh, Little Rock. Again, they have Little Rock on Tuesday, Missouri State on Wednesday, and then the Hawkeyes coming to town with that pitching staff over the weekend, or at least the pitching staff is supposed to be pretty good. It's going to test Ole Miss just because five games in six days is a lot for a staff that's still kind of struggling to find arms and figure out what to do with them. So I think, if anything, that management would be your thing to watch if you're really invested in Ole Miss baseball and trying to figure out where this thing is headed over the course of the week. I, I think it's how Mike uses guys, what he's doing with it. He's still just kind of throwing darts from a lineup standpoint, um, playing a lot of guys, trying to get at bats in because his lineup has not made a ton of sense the last few days. But I, I think that was predetermined that he was going to use two or three weeks and make sure he gave guys some semblance of a sample size, no matter what it looked like. And I, that, that's what he's doing right now. So it's uh, it is what it is again. It's February baseball. I uh, I started my sickness, sickness. I think I watched six innings of Missouri and UC San Diego on a, on Saturday or Sunday. One, I turned that on, and they were in like the tenth inning, and I stayed with it until it ended with the the Tigers winning five four. So, um, I don't know, whatever. It's there. Big win for Missouri. Yeah, exciting. They've played Cal Poly and UC San Diego now. Their first two weeks. Yeah. 
So they're doing all the doing all the West Coast stuff. Ready to go. Uh bring it's bring on the balls. <laughs> uh you gotta be happy about Bellinger, right? That's a good deal for the Cubs. I wrote about this. I don't know what this says about me. I was on one hand pleased that they added him, and on the other hand, I was so looking forward to the meltdown when he went elsewhere because I got so tired of all of the fans just going, give him all the money. Just give it just give him the money. Yeah, because that makes sense. I mean, he wanted two hundred million. Like, well, just give it to him. Why? No, it's a, the deal made sense. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm. I, I'll cheer for the Cubs. I'll watch the Cubs. Blah blah blah. But I don't think I fit in great with the rest of the Cub fan base. And I catch myself. I caught myself really looking forward to the him signing a a deal with the angels or the giants or something and just watching the meltdown. I was kind of looking forward to it. I felt a li- my feeling Sunday was a little let down. If you want to know the truth, two things on this one, you used to be kind of like a Cubs message board guy. You're completely out of that world. Completely gone. You don't do the whole cub Year. fandom thing ish. It's been years. Okay. Years, multiple years. And then two and the athletic hit this a little this morning. Bellinger gets this deal that gives him a couple opt-outs, so it's essentially one-year deals or whatnot and a three-year thing. But it's not this huge market and this huge thing. And then you, we talk about uh, Chapman, Montgomery, Snell. They're not signed yet. Boris clients. Is it a Scott Boris thing? Is he finally getting beat? Or is it literally nothing more than he represents the superpowers who baseball is not paying right now because nobody knows exactly what's going on yet? It's that. It's which why if you're like you're the Texas Rangers, you don't know what your TV contract is going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. How in the world can you responsibly spend? You're going to go buy a mansion out someplace if 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 the if you're like okay, am I going to be employed next year? I don't know. That would be stupid. You know, I mean, the Cubs have the marquee network, but it's not been this raging success that they thought it would be. Now, it's more successful than a lot. They're in better shape than the Rangers or, sure. or all these teams that are Bally teams or whatnot. Um, but nobody really knows what it's going to look like. So the, the 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 market is just not that great. And then, you know, I mean, look, Cody Bellinger had a really good season last season. He did. He, had, he was 10th in the MVP voting. He was comeback player of the year. He had, a, he had a great year. And by all accounts, everyone in the clubhouse loved the guy, but He's not that far removed from being awful. And he's had some big injuries. And they've invested in their farm system. You you don't want to just block the path of every young player in your organization. So the deal made sense. If he has a monster season, he gets paid pretty handsomely for a year and he can opt out and try it again. If he just has kind of an average season, he's got security. So I, it, the deal made sense, and I don't know. I mean, in this case, yeah, it was Boris or probably Bellinger who, quote, blinked first, my guess. from I haven't really read much about it. My guess is that Cody Bellinger finally told Scott Boris, look, I, I'm happy there. It's a, it's a decent enough deal. It gives, me, it gives me options, and I need to get to camp. I, I need to start playing baseball to get ready for baseball because if I'm going to – 
gamble on myself again. I need to get in the best position to do it. And you know this. I mean, the, you can train on your own all you want. It's not as good as training with your teammates. Yeah, Mark makes a good point. Sixteen in 2016, the Cubs fan base picked up all the new money, the transplants, the guys who wanted to celebrate that Cubs World Series. But it's been eight years. Those guys don't typically have staying power. Aren't we kind of at the point for them to fall off and go find somebody else now? God, I hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the like the criticism of the Ricketts family is it's just kind of crap. I mean, the last week the criticism was they're spending money, they're buying a, a, a ski facility in Utah or Colorado or somewhere. Yeah, most really wealthy people have diversified portfolios. I mean, all he said was, we spend what we make. He, he gave a, a, Tom Ricketts gave a very fair answer. It doesn't appeal to the crazies out there who are just like, just go buy everybody. He said, we take our revenues, pay our staff and such, and then we spend the rest on baseball. He's never said, hey, we're not going to go into the tax. They would prefer not to go into the tax. But he's never said we won't go in the tax. They spent years and years in the tax when they had the Rizzo, Bryant, Baez era, Lester. They spent, a, they just a year ago signed Dansby Swanson to a big deal. They've signed Seiya Suzuki to a big deal. They extended Ian Happ. They extended uh, Nico Horner. They gave Jameson Tyone a pretty good deal. It's not like they're not spending at all. They're not the A's or the Pirates or something. And for the most part, they've been a top 10, sometimes top five payroll team. But the, the, the fans just, they hear wealthy guy, he should give, he, he's being cheap. There's no sign that the Ricketts are being cheap. Responsible? Sure. Cheap? I mean, they were involved on Otani. They just couldn't get him. It wasn't like they were not, they weren't in that market. I think their offer to Otani was more than $550 million. That's not being cheap. Just didn't get him. He didn't want to. He didn't want to leave L.A. Now that you look back on it, he was he was always going to the Dodgers. I would have had a different answer at one point, Mark. He's asked, "Who's more powerful in their sports, Sexton or Boris?" It's Sexton in college football, and I'm not sure it's close today. No, it's it's Sexton. There's a time where Bor- it would have been Boris, but that's not that's not 2024. You can build a baseball team without dealing with Scott Boris. You, you, it's hard to do a coaching search. And when I say a world where Lane Kiffin left, just decided to become a public speaker, it would be hilarious. Um, Keith Carter would have a very difficult time conducting a responsible coaching search to replace Lane Kiffin without talking to Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. And, I mean, credit to them both for doing their jobs. It's nothing illegal. It's 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 it's, it's a complete credit. But you kind of have Jimmy and Russ Campbell having a bit of a monopoly right now in the college football world. Yeah, I mean, those would be two of the first calls you'd make, right? Mm-hmm. Lane walked into Keith's office in October and said, hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm retiring at the end of this, and I'm going to become a professional fisherman. I'm giving you some notice. I mean, the, Keith's two of his very first calls would be Russ and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Whether he liked them or not, and to my best of my knowledge, he gets along with both of them. But, I mean, the point is, is even if, let's say he just hated Russ Campbell for some reason. And I don't really know. Anybody. You don't got to call him. I know nobody who hates Russ Campbell, but let's just say that Keith just 
loathed him with a passion. I, you'd still have to deal with him. Mm-hmm. Tough. And the same for Sexton, obviously. But you could you can get away with not fooling with Boris clients to a degree. Sure. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. Uh, NE Spark. Northeast Spark. NESPARC serves people across rural communities. Two packages. The Ignite, the 100 Mbps, the Blaze, the 1 Gig that powers the Clark Forge Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. It's NESPARC.com. 662-238-3159. Phone service, pro controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, that's 662-238-3159. We're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, Jones Park, Russo. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows John to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits simply not available to other travelers. John has uh, been traveling the globe long before he even got into the business. He knows the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. So get in touch with him. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options that you probably won't find on your own. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. Uh, Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square, Opa's the perfect place to plan uh, one of your outings this week if you're coming to town for baseball, basketball, or both. It's also a great uh, venue for a festive party event or a company dinner. Fabulous food, great craft libations. Opa can accommodate up to 200 guests for catering or booking information. Contact Jeannie, 601-421-7147. And don't forget when you're in town this weekend uh, for the Iowa series, uh, stop by Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. The kids will take it over at night. During the daytime, it's a great place to stop in, have a beer, watch some of the games and that kind of thing there at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or uh, you're a seasoned professional, they can have, help you with opportunities across the board. It's always uh, free for the candidate. All conversations are kept confidential, so you've got nothing to lose by giving them a call. 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bob McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. Talk life in a second. We'll do that. Uh, last thing you, um, last thing I saw this morning when we started, you a big Peter King guy. See, so he's retiring. Um, yep, yep. I thought it was, it was kind of sad. His column, his going away column is incredible. I have read the kind of the open, and I haven't finished it. I just read kind of when he stopped talking about leaving at the beginning. So that's as far as I've gotten so far. He, he just goes. He basically, he, it's phenomenal. It is a long read. I have not finished it. I've I've gotten deep into it. Frankly, I needed it this morning. I, I was not in a good mood. And and I opened it and saw that and decided to give it a read. And I was kind of glad that I did. It was it is he's he is an absolute um icon in sports writing. He leaves a he leaves a void. And in the column, he tells people here's where to go to fill the void. He, he did. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, just the guy is is 
You can do that when you're the unquestioned king. You know what I mean? Like, hey, my presence needs whatever. Like, here we go. I mean, he's covered... I think he said he's covered every Super Bowl from when he was 27 to 66 or 64, whatever his age is. covered the last 40. Okay. 40. Yeah, he leads with these. Always wondered, wishes he could watch it on television. So now he can't. Just, you know, said it's time. The access that he gets because of the respect and the longevity, and it, it's it's incredible. Well, the video of a year ago, maybe it was this year, but I think it was last year, the Chiefs win it, and he's in Andy Reid's office after the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid's showing him the play. They're walk, He's walking him through it, you, talking him through it, the whole deal, and he's asking questions and getting answers. It's the guy that just won the Super Bowl. There's a party to get to. And yet he wanted to make sure that Peter King got what he what he needed. Um, he also had a Brett Favre experience, so I thought was it. Um, and talked about that sitting in a stairwell outside of a Super Bowl party, talking to Brett Favre after the highlight of his career. There was there was a lot there. He's covered kind of everything. The Steve Young anecdote was incredible. There's just a lot. He's covered he's covered the game. Football loses, they don't lose, nobody died. That's the wrong word. But Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Peter King in the same offseason. Yeah. That's a lot. No, it's 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 That's it's a lot. A well, what what got me is he does it so well and so remarkable that in today's environment people are willing to read so many words. His Prior to his editors asking him to shrink it a little bit, he said that it was around 10,000 words for his columns every single Monday. Um, For comparison on that, because obviously you know it's a lot of words, my book was 64,000 words. So he writes a sixth of a book every single week with information that people are wanting to read and that he can get sourced to that relevance. That's incredible. His editors, in an attempt to extend his career, they knew he was approaching this point, were like, hey, why don't you cut it down to 6,000 words, and we're going to give you a deadline so that you won't work all night. And he still just kept doing it because the aim is a habit. I have people that go, I'm not comparing me to Peter King now, but we make that perfectly clear. <laughs> but I have people go, why don't you take 10 weekend thoughts and make six stories out of it? I mean, I don't know, because it's a content item that people like people read it they expect it on sunday or monday they like it the way that it is i mean yeah i could make six seven stories out of that sure um i mean if you like the nfl and both of us do his monday morning quarterback column was kind of at least it was must peruse Mm -hmm. if it wasn't must read it was must peruse. You you did look at it and kind of scan it for things. I mean, if he talked about the Saints, you read it. You know, like whatever he you you knew he was informed. Uh, Tupelo, I'm not avoiding your question. He says, "What does the future look like for sports writers and journalists?" But that's a full podcast because it's a really complicated answer right now. Um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I could dive into that too. Yeah. That, that that that's a lot but the, the one thing is that i don't like that they tell people to learn a little of everything you've got to be really really damn good at something right now and you can't just know a little about everything and get 
in the right spots. Um, you want you want the short the other short answer to the future of it, and this is the part that people in the field just refuse to understand. In large part because the people at the top of the field at these big publications all come from the same place and they live in the same bubble and they're insulated, is that the field is quickly losing the trust of mainstream America. Yeah, you have to hope that you can build the trust on a personal individual level, not through your company. And those are two different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, used to forever it was, hey, I work for this publication and that's inherently trusted. Now, especially with social media, it's no, I trust him, I trust her, I trust them. I I go to my I go to even in sports, I go to this place because I'm gonna get the truth about my baseball team. It's yep. not, hey, they work for Sports Illustrated, so I trust them because they work there. Right. And that's a totally different deal. Totally. Forty years ago, anybody who got hired at Sports Illustrated just had immediate respect and trust. Yeah, you, you went, to- oh. Hey, you you could call somebody and go, Hey, I'm I'm Joe Schmo with Sports Illustrated. Oh, Sports Illustrated. Yeah, but now Sports Illustrated is not even a thing anymore. It's basically been watered down, and nobody really respects anything. And they they respect certain people, but yeah, no, your your point's a very good one. Um, it's been my utter maddening frustration with this um, Lake and Riley story over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Just stunning, stunning the words that people use and won't use. And you're trying to trick a public that I maybe it's more trickable than I think it is, but I, I think a lot of the public sees right through it. Yeah, and I don't even know that it's I don't even know that it's tricking as much as satisfying certain segments or people yeah. or that kind of that thing as much as it's trying to even trick or manipulate at a lower level. And you know, I, I, I was thinking about it, and that's where I was going next. Um, in a couple different ways, I you 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 took. I think number eight yesterday in 10 thoughts for uh, this. You can read that again at rebelgrove.com. And um, I get a trigger warning. I did. So, you did. And, and to this point, only one person has gotten mad at me. I, I said, hey, okay, that's pretty good. Here, yeah. I said, here's what's coming. Yeah. And, and it's why I did this here because it's 9, 10 a.m. We've been doing a show. You got the sports. I don't literally have anything else from a sports standpoint outside of an ESPN article about almost football that we don't need to talk about today. I can do it tomorrow. We got um yeah it's all right we got we got thing but what struck me where I was starting with this is I look I don't think what I do is healthy um I admit it um it was mentioned on the board I avoid news for the most part and it is a bad thing to admit as a journalist to whatever extent um but I have pretty good right now I'm happy um I like where I am in my life but I've struggled with that over the course of the last several years and not always been the case and when I have a lot of personal stuff going on I go you know what you bring the world stuff in there and it just kind of overwhelms me and I go I can't fix it so why am I torturing myself and that's been something that I focused on for a long time and I know it's not good I get it I get it, I get it. I, I'm it. trying to get out of it. Um, I well, realize that that, that is. I, go ahead. I think on this case, I think, uh, and I'm, I'm, I support your your stance because it's good for your mental health. On this case, though, I, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, um. This, this this particular story, this you're you're. I'm not saying you bury your head in the sand. I'm not saying that you're we, you and I. Yeah, really I get it. We we can criticize one another and it not be personal. And this is not a criticism. Not not engaging in this story is not healthy. This is this is a. This should be a watershed moment in our current public discourse mm-hmm. because you live in Oxford, Mississippi. You have a, a wife who works at Ole Miss. You cover Ole Miss. You're around 22-year-old people all the damn time. Mm-hmm. 
this girl, Lake and Riley, is, was 22. She graduated from another SEC school. Forget your, and nobody's doing this, but just in case, forget sports loyalties for a minute. Just let them go. Let just just let them let them fall away. You can bring them back when you want to, but not now. She went to another SEC school. She graduated from the University of Georgia in in May. I have a 22 year old daughter who graduated from an SEC school in May. Um, one of Campbell's roommates in Nashville graduated from Georgia in May. I'm around. I've been around girls Lakin's age, basically all of my adult life. I've watched them grow up. And so when I see the videos and the photos of her from her graduation, the videos that her roommate put out the other day, those videos look really damn familiar, Chase. Mm -hmm. They look like the videos that my girls do. She was in a sorority. She was an Alpha Chi Omega at University of Georgia. My girls, Campbell was in a sorority, loved it. Caroline's in a sorority, loves it. She loved hers. You drive up and... Drive on the Ole Miss campus and look at the sororities. There's there's lots of 21 and 22-year-old girls at, at Ole Miss that are just like Lakin. They're just like her. She was on the dean's list in her nursing school. She had a really bright future. She had a really bright future. I mean, beyond academics, she was gonna she was gonna positively impact lives. She was a bubbly. I've read about her. I've read more about this girl than I I I wish I wish I knew nothing about her because that would mean she was still alive today. But she had a really bright future. She was she had lots of friends. She was going to be in so many weddings and all the stuff that she was going to do everything that we think she was going to do. She was going to fall in love, she was going to get married, she was going to have babies, she was going to sell girl scout cookies one day. I mean this was she was going to we got, she got robbed. We talk about her family. Man, I feel for her family because I can only imagine what that must feel like. But she got robbed of so much. I have a, Like I said, I have a 22-year-old daughter. Campbell's life is just getting started. We get to own them. You have a little girl right now. These, th- those are the fun times. I, I look back and, I mean, I, I, you know, because the girls are older now and Carson's about to be a senior and there's a certain empty nest thing that comes up in, in your conversations and your thoughts. And, you know, I can remember, I've, I've thought about Lakin's dad a lot over the last couple of days, the things that must be going through his mind. On one hand, the horror of how his daughter died, the absolute horror of how she died. And then, you know, he thinks back to some of the things I used to think about. I mean, I used to come home from the radio show in Mobile and it was the thing at the end of a day that was I looked forward to the most. The girls were little. I mean, they were like four and two, three and one, that kind of thing. I would come home and pour a glass of wine, and I'd go upstairs, and I was the one that got to give the girls their bath. And they'd tell me about their days, and which was hilarious at that age. You know, you've been there. Yeah, sure. And And it was bonding time and then we'd read books and we'd watch a show maybe or whatever and they'd go to bed early and I'd still have work to do but I always had that time and I'm sure that he had that time with her and she loved to run she was training I think for kind of a half marathon some of her friends were training for a marathon you can relate to that when you train for a marathon a lot of running is just by yourself it's by yourself you you don't always have a group to run with but the part of this that's maddening is twofold 
One, she should not be dead today. This isn't a car accident, which is every bit as tragic. Don't get me wrong, Chase. But sometimes those things happen and there's just nothing you can say other than bad luck. This isn't cancer, which is every bit as tragic. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's just bad luck and we question, how can that happen? She died because the federal government failed her. On numerous occasions, she died because the, the, the local Athens government failed her by making Athens a sanctuary city, for God's sake. In other words, when you catch this guy in New York, when they caught him, they released him immediately, basically, because they, 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 they wanted to score political points by letting these people out. We're not going to deport anybody. We're not going to detain anybody. And so when the Athens, when the Atlanta Journal-Constitution writes that she was killed by an Athens resident, that, that is the biggest load of crap. That's a failure of journalism. No, she was killed by an illegal immigrant with a track record. She was killed by an illegal immigrant from Venezuela who shouldn't have been here and should have been deported at the border when he was caught. And then in New York when he was caught again. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been on that trail that day. In broad daylight, just 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 off the University of Georgia campus. It would be like if something happened to someone here at Lamar Park or on the Whirlpool Trails. All right. I mean, and when it happens there, it can absolutely happen here. And they're coming over in droves. There was a, someone posted on the message board, a minister, and he, I, I, I went and listened to it. They said, hey, it started at the 39-minute mark. And so I went and went, he nailed it. He nailed it. I mean, our our border policy today is insane and it's dangerous and it got her killed she's dead today because of it and i'm i'm furious and i'm i'm i can't decide if i'm more mad that she's dead and don't get me wrong that's the big thing but i'm really furious at the way our field media has covered this because it doesn't meet the narrative it doesn't check the boxes and so by god they're just going to gloss over it it should be an absolute watershed moment it should absolutely every if you haven't read about this girl and what happened to her you owe it to yourself as depressing as it's going to be to do it a couple thoughts on that i'm going to let his words hang i want to make sure give him time to fully talk about that let's go to the break come back and finish the conversation because otherwise we're gonna get a little bit weird on time but uh i'm not going anywhere still going on that in a second first gnm pharmacy 662-236-2222 here in Oxford on South Lamar, 662-252-2321, Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. Again, let them be your local pharmacy to deliver locally in the Oxford area. And they offer MedSaint to be your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with GNM. Again, that is 662-236-2222. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify. Either way, Andy Ludicky can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, big college football fan. He's also a franchise veteran who owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. It's myperfectfranchise.net. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404973 nine nine zero one southern traditions farm is a 68 acre 32 stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in canton mississippi two sand rings a grass ring miles of wooded trails 
lot offered at Southern Traditions, horseback riding offerings from beginner to advanced. Uh, also, it's a great venue for uh, corporate outings and events. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Uh, are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes, missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town Oxford is next door to the Ole Miss campus. They offer spacious two, three, four, and five bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will help you make you feel like you're living in a resort, whether it's a weekend binge watching session or hosting the best game day parties you'll do it in comfort and style at um, collegetownoxford.com. Again, collegetownoxford.com must be the place, 662-300-3733 to get on their VIP list. I'll have a mailbag on Wednesday. It's presented by Art Hayes, Sotheby's International Realty. Are you thinking of making a move? Put the power of Sotheby's International Realty to work for you. Um, as a licensed agent with Sotheby's International Realty and a supporter of all things Ole Miss, Art can help you buy or sell in your hometown or anywhere in the world at no charge to you, seriously. So call and ask Art how 612-805-5929 or email him at Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R dot Hayes, H-A-Y-S at lakesmn.com. What struck me while you were talking is it's actually very similar. Well, and it's in it's in cahoots, but it also is very similar to the media conversation we had a second of there for a second is that we don't trust media. We don't trust publications. We don't trust whatever that extends through at the national level, especially cable news. It's geared to do nothing but keep you pissed off in whatever side of the aisle that you want to watch. It's it's, it's literally what... It, it is the TV equivalent of the apps that we talked about with Tinder that just want to keep you clicking and keep you doing this and keep you doing this. That's what all sides of the aisle and they all do is give you confirmation bias and keep you pissed off about something else. So that works into it. But then... The, and they don't they don't deserve the trust. It, it's actually the correct thing from the citizenship and the constituents. But our federal government, we do nothing where we believe, and this goes for everybody, we don't believe they're actually holding our best interests. We don't believe that they're doing things to compromise and figure things out. Either they are absolutely screwing us, or you at least in your mind wonder, are they doing this and posturing for points or to make sure they have something to run on either way? You know what I mean? Like, there's no yeah. way to... Like, if you look at it and go, what what actually just is a common sense measure from any damn body that puts it here where we go, that makes sense? Or even, you're listening to us, we're pissed off, and you're doing something to fix it. I mean, Josh Hendrickson says this all the time. I mean, we talk about the border specifically. Why? Why is the border wide open? Why is the border wide open? There has to be a reason. What is that reason? We're not getting the best and brightest from everywhere. We're not getting the best of Venezuela. What is the reason that the border's wide open? There's only one plausible explanation. Votes. That's it. That's all I come up with. We have an immigration process. The country's founded on immigration, for God's sake. But it's founded on legal immigration. Not illegal immigration. There, there are... There are laws in place. It's illegal to enter our country illegally. Why are we not enforcing that law? It's a, it's a legitimate question.
And it's, this is it's there's child trafficking involved in all of this. There's violence that's happening everywhere. It's it's uh, the 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 ones that assaulted the New York police officers recently. They were released from from jail in less than twenty four hours. Can you imagine if you and I just head over to OPD and find us some officers today, Chase, and just assault them? I'm gonna guess we get locked up a little longer than a day. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. I have no interest in that, by the way. If you guys are listening, I, I'm not I'm not coming after you. I, I respect your, your respect you very much, but the point still stands. Yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, I, and again, I, I don't know exactly what the process is, but I do. I, I feel bad for immigrants doing it legally and waiting and taking the turn and the whole deal. Of course, of course, one hundred percent. Yeah. But I mean, we have a we have a country where we can't we we can't track all of these people, but but you know whether someone we we I mean the, the 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 hypocrisy just kind of knows no limits and that's the maddening part of it. It's not even about Republican versus Democrat. This is I don't know how Lakin voted, how her family votes, no no clue. Doesn't matter. But she shouldn't be dead today. She should be in nursing school after enjoying a, a fun weekend with her friends, a relaxing weekend. Like, I, I, it hit me in so many times over the weekend because I have girls that age. Like, Caroline was like, "Hey, did you know? Like, was it Friday or Saturday? Today's National Margarita Day." And I was like, "No, nah, I didn't, but I'm guessing that you went to get a margarita." You know, she sends a picture of it, and you know, she's about to turn. I mean, hopefully, the Fayetteville police aren't listening. That was like, she's she's technically for about two more weeks underage, but. You get the point. It, it, she should have had that weekend. You get to be young once. You get to be 22 one time. And that's human nature that news stories resonate with you when it's something relatable. I mean, that that's human. I mean, like, it, it should relate to everybody, but you know what I mean, to a deeper level. But, I mean, yeah. our audience is is mostly, I mean, 90-something percent Ole Miss people. Okay, well, mm-hmm. go, go, go to Ole Miss. There's a lot of 22-year-old, 21, 22-year-old girls there. There's also a lot of recent graduates who are, moving on to the next step in their lives after they graduated from Ole Miss. You know, they got their degree, and now they're, in in her case, graduate school. There's a lot of girls from, you know, they go to graduate school or nursing school or law school or whatever, medical school, whatever the case is, or they start their careers or they're, they're in a new place. You know, maybe they want to go exercise, and they go to a park, and they go for a run. That That should be a safe place. I mean, you can't protect everybody from everything, but my God, we should be able to protect them from violent criminals from Venezuela who are here illegally, who we had in custody at the border. That's the that's the inescapable part for Lake and Riley is that she's dead today and her blood is on the government's hands. It just is. It should be a conversa- a national conversation. It should be a national discourse. But because it, it's an election year and it doesn't check all the right boxes and it doesn't check the demographic boxes that our field prefers, it will go away. I don't know when it started. I don't know when we got there. I don't know exactly. I'd have to think through it a little bit because I'm just having this thought. But no, I mean, we have fully transitioned into media, government, everything else. It is about a scoreboard more than actual public safety. 100%. It's a scoreboard. Votes. Power fighting in Congress and the House and the Senate and the legislature and the whole deal. 
And it shouldn't take something like this, but something like this should force us to go. She wasn't a point on a scoreboard. I mean, there's a lot of people in our listening audience that have kids. You know, lots, lots. And if you go to Ole Miss and you just recently graduated from Ole Miss or you graduated from Ole Miss 10 years ago or 12 years ago or 20 years ago, whatever the case may be, if you come to campus and you go to a football game or a basketball game or you go out to Swayze this weekend, I think the weather's going to be nice. You go out to Swayze this weekend and look out in right field, there's going to be some 22-year-old girls out there. Mm -hmm. Probably, I'm guessing. If not, you're going to pass by them in cars and stuff. They'll be waiting for an hour and a half to buy a Starbucks because it makes no sense. And 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 they'll, they'll be at the bars and they'll be on the square and they'll be shopping and doing stuff that girls do and they'll be making Instagrams and TikToks and stuff. And it, she just shouldn't be dead today. That's the bottom line. And I'm, I'm, I apologize for going on and on about it. I'm angry about it. I'm angry about the lack of coverage. Carson had a soccer tournament over the weekend. And on Sun, I took him Sunday. So he had a game at eight. He played his game at eight. And I went to a coffee shop, Tupelo River Coffee, I believe. Big, the service was very, very nice. The Wi Fi was good. Coffee was great. I appreciate it. I had an Americano. It was done exactly right. Thank you. Um, but I had two hours before he played again. And I was working on 10 Thoughts and I was perusing. And that AP story came out about. A danger, the the danger for solo athletes, and I just wanted to scream. I'm like, you guys are spinning this. That she wasn't a solo athlete; she was a nursing student who was training for a run with her friends. My biggest issue with that is the timing. I mean, look, should women be vigilant because this happened occasionally and it's a danger? Sure, but that's a story for a month from now. If something happens, it's not to the you, next day. If something yeah. happened to you, Chase, you're training for a marathon right now. If something happened to you, I wouldn't say solo athlete killed at park. Yeah. Local team wins game. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, okay. I mean, I, I admire your training for a, a, a but I don't yeah. think you would go walk up to Jackson Dart and go, hey, as a fellow athlete. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would look at you like, come on, come on. No. I mean, but no, I mean, of course not. That's you're, you're covering up the story intentionally at that point. Why? What do you, why, why do you want to hide it? Speaking of that, I do think, I mean, and I don't even mean this male, female, probably anybody, especially females, just from a straight strength standpoint, probably should be carrying mace on runs in certain areas. I mean, you had the thing happen in Memphis a couple years ago or whenever that yep. was. Yep. It's probably fair. Dog or person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for sure, but if. It's dangerous enough when the government's looking out for you. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. It's yeah. insane when the government's not, not, not only not looking out for you, but actively allowing people to come in who are violent. And that's what's been proven. These people that are coming across, the people that enter our country legally, it's a process. It takes time to become a citizen. And most of those people take being an American, uh, it means more to them than it does to those of us who were born American. I mean, they're very proud of the country, almost overwhelmingly. But that's not the case here. And it's just a tragedy. And I, it, it struck me for obvious reasons. We live in a college town. This could, this could absolutely happen in Oxford. 
And it could absolutely happen to the 22-year-old in your life. Mm -hmm. And you just think of the horror that her parents must feel today, her sister, just her friends, everybody, just the horror. It just, it's, it's sick. Yeah. But I was so angry. I was, I was okay until I saw the New York Times just drop it and the AP try to cover it up and CNN just not touch it. It's okay. This is where we're going. We're going to take this girl and this story. And because it doesn't, it doesn't fit our current narrative. We're just going to pretend it didn't happen. And that made my blood boil. Because as you know, as I've gotten older and done this longer, I catch myself when people go, oh, what do you do? More and more I go, oh, I podcast. I don't even like the word journalist anymore. I hate that word. Yeah. As I, I've said that I'll shut up. People say this all the time. People like, well, man, you know, I, I hate the media. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. You have to we look cover so much harder to find good stuff. Yeah, and we do. We find good stuff. We cover sports, yeah. and we cover. We I think we do a pretty good job of it. But this is this is bigger than. Well, I mean, quality. Stuff. I guess. Sorry, I mean yeah. like quality stuff. Um, yeah, around yeah, the no, yeah. It's 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 very difficult. Yeah. Again, you could read uh, more of Neil's thoughts on that topic. It's uh, topic eight on 10 thoughts that went up sometime yesterday. That's on the front of rebelgrove.com and also linked in the message board. Uh, no good segue out of that. So we'll uh, close the show there again. Ole Miss, uh, two midweek games, a week against Iowa, weekend against Iowa, and then Ole Miss, Alabama, Wednesday night, eight o'clock, by the way, for that tip on Wednesday night. It is an eight o'clock tip Wednesday from the, uh, Sandy and John Black Pavilion there on the uh, Ole Miss campus. So uh, just be aware of that. And we will uh, hit a couple things, some football tomorrow, and then whatever else the world throws at us in the next uh, 22 hours. So hope all of you have a uh, wonderful day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again soon. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.